Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga For You. I'm Kelly and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. This episode is sponsored by Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit, and it has a meal plan for every healthy lifestyle, including keto, paleo, and plant-powered diets, or you can get Green Chef if you just want to have delicious but balanced dishes like I do. I got to try Green Chef this week, and it was so good. I made the Mediterranean-style chicken salad, which was a kale salad. I love a good kale salad. It's one of my favorites. And it was so quick and easy to make. It took less than 30 minutes, which for me is essential because that dinner time, especially when you have kids, it can be pretty chaotic and hectic. So having something that is quick and easy and balanced for me and my family is essential. I also love that I get to avoid those long lines at the grocery store and that I can reduce my food waste by at least 25% by using Green Chef's pre-portioned ingredients. So if you want to join me and enjoy the number one meal kit for eating well and get $125 off your order, go to greenchef.com slash mindful125 and use code mindful125 to get $125 off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash mindful125 and use coupon code mindful125 to save $125 today. And now on with the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. I'm Kelly, and today we are going to be talking about the science of sleep because you all know I love a good anatomy lesson. I love some good science. It just like lights my soul on fire. I love it so much. And this is something um, that I teach pretty extensively in the Yoga Nidra teacher training that I lead, which you know, usually I would say, which is coming up on this date or this date. I don't have a date for you, but I will tell you that I want to lead another one um, in 2022. So if you do want to learn how to teach Yoga Nidra, send me an email, info at yogafreeonline.com, and I will put you on the wait list. And then you will be um, the first to be notified when that training opens up and when you can join. So I do want to offer one. I just don't have a specific date for you yet. But we're going to be talking about the science and anatomy of sleep. And before we dive in, I don't think there's really many announcements. Um, Both the Hawaii and Ireland retreats are almost sold out. I think there's maybe like two or three spots in each one. So if you want to just have the trip of a lifetime and go on that retreat, I would love to have you. Um, I do require that everyone gets like no fault, cancel for any reason, travel insurance. And I, this is something that I did even before COVID because it's so important to me that if something comes up, if you get sick, if you miss a flight or something happens, that you aren't going to be in like a tough situation, that you'll be able to use that travel insurance to be able to get your money back. Um, so I know that things still feel a little bit uncertain, but know that that's something um, that I require and I can help you with that. Um, so if you're like, oh, I don't know, I want to go, but I don't know like what's going to be happening in the world do not worry. You will not be left high and dry. So I think that's it. I can't really think of any other announcements. Um, 
you know, other than the usual, if you want to come follow me on Instagram at yoga for you online, we've been having some fun over there, some good fun things. And if you are listening on Apple podcasts, if you want to leave a five star rating with a review, it would mean so much to me when I read them and I write the kind, wonderful, beautiful things that you are saying about my work and my meditations and even me it like, I can't even describe. It's so, it's just so special to me because every time I put out a meditation or a freeform episode, I just put it out with just the best intentions, hoping that it will reach someone who needs it and that it will help someone find some peace of mind. And so reading those reviews, it not only helps to share my show and it helps the algorithm for it to stay in the charts, but it also is just really, really special to me. And it it reminds me on the days, and, and I do have these days, but it reminds me on the days when I'm just tired and when I'm run down. And I know everyone has these days and you just think like, oh, am I getting burnt out? Or, um, you know, should I take a break? Or, you know, why am I doing this? And I don't know those days often, but you know, I'm human. And so sometimes I do. And then, and when I do, then I'll like read those reviews or I'll, you know, read messages or emails that people have sent talking about how these meditations have helped them. And it reminds me why I'm doing this and why, I, you know, put the work into it. And, um, it really just, it means so much to me. So I think that's really all the announcements. Um, yeah. Last announcement. I appreciate you. <laughs> I think you're wonderful. If you're listening to this, thank you. But that's, that's really it. So let's just dive right in. Let's have some fun. Let's talk some science. Let's talk some anatomy. Um, sleep. That's what we're going to be talking about today. I know that you guys are not sleeping very well by and large. I would say the sleep meditations and the morning meditations are like the two um, types of meditations that are listened to the most and the most frequently. And I hear from you guys all the time that you, know, you use these meditations at night to help you sleep. And I want to talk about what's actually happening when we're sleeping. So what happens when we sleep? During sleep, you typically pass through five stages of sleep. So there's stage one, two, three, four, and REM. REM stands for rapid eye movement. And the first four stages of sleep, they make up non-REM sleep. And then of course, the last stage is REM sleep. So you have these five stages and if all is going well, I'm going to talk about some common kind of sleep disturbances, we'll say, or um, struggles and why those might be happening. But if we are sleeping the way we're supposed to be sleeping, we will start at stage one sleep and then we'll go down to two, three, four and REM. And then we start coming back up from REM sleep to stage four, three, two and one. And that kind of um, well, it's one sleep cycle where you go one you know, all the way down to REM and then REM back up to one. That's a sleep cycle. We will do several sleep cycles um, during the nighttime when we're sleeping. So let's talk about these different stages of sleep. So stage one, in this stage of sleep, this is where you're going to drift in and out of sleep and you can be awakened easily. It's the stage where the eye and the muscle activity, it slows down and you may experience those hypnotic jerks, which is like, when you're laying there and I don't know why, but this used to happen to me all the time when I was on airplanes for some reason, but it's like when you're laying there and then you feel like you're about to like go off the cliff or like the edge, you know, and then you do that like jump and that jerk, it's called a hypnotic jerk. And that usually happens in the stage one sleep, which is where you're right like on that edge of, of like sleep and wakefulness. So a lot of times it's where you can kind of feel yourself like 
being fluid and you're just kind of like dipping kind of in and out of sleep. Like if someone were to walk into the room while you're sleeping, like say your name, you'd wake up right away. You're not in like a deep sleep, but you're definitely not just resting. So you're kind of right on that edge. And stages one and two, which I'm about to talk about, those make up light sleep. And I think people are often um, surprised that we spend so much time in light sleep and how important light sleep is like for our rest. We'll talk about like what happens in our bodies in each stage. So stage one, light sleep, just kind of drifting in and out of sleep. Then you're going to go to stage two sleep. And this is where eye movement stops and the brain waves start to slow down and the body begins to prepare for deep sleep by slowing down the heart rate, dropping your body temperature. And this is still light sleep, but you're asleep now. So it's not like that stage one where you're kind of drifting in and out, like right on that edge of like, Am I sleeping? Am I dreaming? Am I awake? Am I, you know, what's going on here? It's still light sleep, but you're asleep here and everything's slowing down. Everything is really just like starting to prepare for some of that deeper sleep. So after stage two, you're going to go into stage three. And this is the transition to deep sleep in this stage. And you will be incredibly relaxed here. So you cannot be you know, woken up easily. And this is actually the stage where most people may experience sleep walking, uh, talking in their sleep, night terrors, or even bedwetting. And again, we'll talk about why after we go over these sleep stages. But this is where if you do experience anything like that, whether it be like night terrors or, you know, talking in your sleep, um, and I used to, I, I think I still sometimes talk in my sleep a little bit. Uh, but when I was younger, I used to sleepwalk a lot. And I, I would just do kind of like weird, freaky things where I just like get up as a kid and like walk into my mom's room and like just start talking to her about stuff. And um, yeah, and when I was under a lot of stress, like in middle school and in high school, I would sleepwalk and start my morning routine because I was like just really stressed out for the day. And I'd always wake myself up when I like got into the shower. So I'd start the shower and then I'd step into it. And then when the water hit me, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And I'd um, wake up. So this is definitely one that pertains to me. And now I just, you know, talk in my sleep a little bit. So in stage four, this is the deep sleep stage. So you are like in this stage you are paralyzed I don't know <laughs> I don't know why I was like oh you're par like I I think that sounds a little bit freaky to me it's not but that's why I think I hesitate in saying that you're paralyzed but you are paralyzed like your body um doesn't move at all during this time and this is where if you wake up during this stage that's where you feel really kind of like groggy and disoriented for a while so I don't know if you've ever um I'm sure you've experienced that I, I hate this feeling where I get woken up and I'm just like so you know whatever baby pork chop decides that he needs something and and you just you're so like confused and like groggy and kind of disoriented and you're like where am i what's happening if you are waking up feeling that way you are most likely in deep sleep and then you were woken up from there so stages 3 and 4 these are deep non-rem sleep and this is where your body is repairing itself. So this is where it is strengthening your body's immune system. It's where it's producing essential hormones. It's repairing the actual like tissues of your body. So especially in that stage four sleep, that's why you are paralyzed. It's because your body is working on like regenerating those tissues. So then you're going to go into REM sleep. And I like to think of the sleep 
um, stages and cycles kind of like a staircase in a way. So you start at, you know, when you're falling asleep at the top of the staircase and you take a step down. So one, two, three, four, and then you hit the bottom of the staircase, which is REM. And then after you hit the bottom of the staircase, you spend some time there, you're going to turn around and go back up the staircase. So start in REM and then four, three, two, and one. And then at the top of that staircase is then being awake. REM sleep. This is a stage of sleep. Uh, it's called rapid eye movement sleep. And this is a really interesting stage because this is where you dream and the brain waves mimic those of being awake. But this is your deepest stage of sleep. So it's like your, your body is asleep and then your mind starts to mimic the kind of brain waves that you would see if you were awake. And like I said, this is the stage in which you will dream your body is not moving and they also say this is where you can do some of your problem solving here and we're not really going to get into like dreaming or dream analysis in this episode my quick take on it um is sometimes i think dreams are just dreams i do think sometimes when you're dreaming like your higher self can certainly communicate or you know you can get messages or whatever it is types of communication um when you're dreaming but also sometimes i think that when you're dreaming it's just your mind kind of like reorganizing and working things out and sometimes i do think dreams are just dreams and there isn't necessarily any like significance to it i think for me and again this is just my personal opinion i feel like a dream is maybe only significant like if it feels significant to you so if you wake up from like a weird dream and you're like whoa that was really weird i feel like i need to pay attention to that then pay attention to that if you have a dream and you're like huh that was kind of weird i don't you know i don't know what that's about and you you know you're not too worried about it it's very possible it's just it was just a dream and that your mind was reorganizing and working and and the way that it sort of manifested itself was just in that dream They do say that everyone dreams, but not everyone will remember your dreams. And I think that that can change, at least from my experience, that can change at different stages of life. Like recently, I I don't feel like I've really been dreaming as much as or at least remembering my dreams like I used to. And it's possible because my sleep has become more segmented since I have a little one. But they do say that everyone dreams. So that's where you're doing your dreaming is in REM sleep. So again, if you're using that like staircase analogy, right, we're starting at the top of the staircase, we're awake, and then we step down to stage one, two, three, four, down to the bottom of the staircase REM, then we'll turn around and we'll come back up. So stage one, that very, very light sleep, you're only going to spend about four to five percent of your total sleep here. It will increase to about 15 percent by the time you are 70 years old. So this, you know, that right on the cusp sleep. It's just that that edge. But as many of you know, as we get older, our sleep needs change and our we spend less time in deep sleep and we tend to sleep a little bit less overall, but we're spending more time in light sleep. I'm not entirely sure why that is. I just know that as we age, we tend to spend more time in this like light sleep. That stage two sleep, or what I think of as like just the restful sleep, it's also light sleep, but you're going to spend about 50% of the total sleep time in this stage two sleep. So even if we're working with this staircase, like those stairs aren't equal. You're not going to spend the same amount of time at every single stair. You're going to spend the chunk of your time just in that like restful light sleep. 
And in this stage two sleep, you really are resting here. And it's important to remember that that rest is essential to just our well-being and our ability to um, get the actual like rest that we need. And I think sometimes rest kind of gets a bad rap or this kind of like light sleep gets a bad rap. I don't know about you, but like when I was in college, I swear around finals time, there was always someone that was trying to like biohack their way into like not sleeping as much so they could study more. And so they were doing the thing that like everyone says like Albert Einstein did where he was able to put himself just right into deep sleep. So then he was only um, sleeping for like three or four hours a night of like just the deep sleep and like bypassing light sleep as having like a more like efficient way of sleeping. And I have never known anyone to successfully do that. And what I will say is that the studies show that light sleep is really important and rest is really important. Because as we see in a moment, when we get into some of these deeper sleeps, it can actually be quite active. Our body is repairing, it's restoring, it's doing these things. So a huge chunk of our, I guess, objective at night or the purpose at night of sleeping is to let the body and mind truly rest. And that's going to happen in that stage to sleep. Lots of rest happening there, relaxation. And this is where you're going to spend about 50-ish percent of your sleep time. Now, once we go into deep sleep, once we go into stages three and four, you're going to spend like 10 to 20% of your total sleep time in this deep sleep. And the deep sleep, this is where we're really doing like the regeneration of the body. We're doing the like the deep, like restorative repairing work. I, I think many people, and this surprised me when I was first studying like the science of sleep, it I was really surprised at what the body actually does when I'm sleeping and when I'm deep. Like I always assumed that like my immune system was just sort of like work constantly working and constantly like regenerating at the same rate like all day long right so it was almost just like this constant like oh well my immune system is you know just kind of always running on autopilot and like regenerating in a way and it wasn't until I started studying sleep that I realized that actually the immune system and now it makes sense because if you think about when you're sick like you just need more sleep but your immune system is at its strongest and it's able to work best during sleep. And it's because when we're awake, our body is just spending so much time and energy, like keeping us alive and doing our day-to-day tasks that it, it can't have that same focus or energy expenditure on the immune system. And our immune system will be working during the day, but it's not really regenerating until we are sleeping. And that's why your doctor always says, you know, when you're sick, go home, rest. You know, you want to take naps when you're sick. And that's because that's when the immune system's not only really able to work, but it's able to regenerate. And I think that many times, um, and I, I spoke about this a little bit on the burnout and boundaries episode. But when you are burnt out because you've just been burning the candle at both ends for so long, if you think about it and, you know, you're often not getting the sleep that you need, you're just so depleted because you aren't getting this deep sleep where not it's not only your immune system, but also the tissues of your body, your hormones. Neurologically, your mind is reorganizing. It's creating new neural pathways. It's doing everything that it needs to 
be basically reset and strengthened and ready for another day. Because during the day, our bodies and minds are just focused on staying alive, being awake, you know, completing those day-to-day tasks. But then when we shut down at night for sleeping, that's when it can really reset and um, strengthen and um, heal in a way. So stage three and four sleep, deep sleep, you're spending like 10 to 20% of your time in this deep sleep. Then in REM sleep, again, rapid eye movement sleep, you're going to spend 20-ish percent of your total time in REM sleep. And this is where your body is paralyzed, but the mind becomes very active. And you have your imagery, your dreaming, and your eyes will move a lot. So that's why it's called rapid eye movement. So nothing else in your body is moving, but your eyes um, will be moving around a lot. And this is where there's a lot of neurological activity happening here. And REM sleep is probably the least understood stage of all of the sleep stages. Um, We know a little bit about it, uh, but not as much as we do stages one through four. It's still a little bit of a mystery. Like, what is the importance or the significance of dreaming? Why do we dream? I always think about, um, when I think about dreaming, I always wonder, like, with animals, or I think about like with Mila, um, she often will, you know, fall asleep and she'll be sleeping really hard and like her mouth will move a little bit like she's eating some little, you know, doggy treats or her feet will twitch like she's, you know, having a dream about like running somewhere. And um, I've, I've always just been a little bit curious as to like animal sleep stages as well. And, you know, how do they sleep versus how do we sleep? And I think it's so interesting that like different species and different types of animals like have different sleep needs and I just find this whole thing to be fascinating and so we don't fully understand like why we dream or like what the significance of dreaming is is it just a byproduct of this um this neurological activity that happens or is there some other kind of significance I don't know but you know I find it very very interesting and so, again, with the staircase, the staircase analogy, when you're starting on, you know, the first step, stage one, going all the way down to REM, then turning around, coming back up, that's one sleep cycle. And you will go through several sleep cycles over the course of the nighttime. So if you've ever done any kind of like sleep tracking or if you had like like a Fitbit or something that um, could track your sleep, you'll usually see like a graph and it will show the amount of time that you spent in the different sleep stages. But it will also kind of look like these rolling hills in a way where it is, you know, showing kind of the the oscillations or the percolations of the different sleep stages. So if everything is going well, we're going to talk about what you know, what's happening if it's not going well. But if everything's going well and you're able to go down the staircase and then back up, you should be able to shift and transition in between the different sleep stages naturally and when you need to. Now, let's talk about what happens when things aren't quite working the way they're supposed to, which absolutely happens. So sometimes there can be glitches where we are either not transitioning to the right sleep stage at the right time or spending the right amount of time in different sleep stages. There can also be some glitches, for example, like night terrors. Um, no, I'm sorry, excuse me, not night terrors, um, sleep paralysis. If you have ever experienced that, I'm very sorry. I have experienced it myself too. It is horrific. Um, if you are not, you know, if you're not quite sure what sleep paralysis is, it's basically like 
well, you're paralyzed, your body is paralyzed, but like you are kind of aware of your surroundings. It's like your body's asleep, but like your mind's awake. That's kind of the nice way of describing it. Um, if you want to have like horrible nightmares, you can Google it more because usually people see like disturbing things. I have experienced this a handful of times, but for me, it, it I mean, oddly enough, it happens a lot when I'm jet lagged. And I think it's because like I'm just so tired that it's like my sleep system and my circadian rhythm just gets really kind of thrown off. But I will sometimes um, find myself experiencing sleep paralysis in which I'm completely paralyzed and I can't move. And I'm trying to ask usually someone around me like for help, but I can't like say anything. And then usually I'll like snap out of it at one point and I'll like sit one time. I just like scared the absolute just like just scared the nuggets out of my husband. And he I was just laying there and I I don't know how long it was, but I knew I was awake and I kept trying to ask for help, ask for help. And it was like I snapped out of it and I like sat up super fast. He thought I was sleeping next to him on the couch and I was just like, help. And I like screamed it. And I mean, oh my gosh, he just I mean, that would be terrifying. I don't blame him. That would have been terrifying. And he thought I was just napping on the couch and I was actually I had sleep paralysis and I just, you know, sat up really fast and was like, help. And it was because I was paralyzed and I kept trying to ask for his help, ask for his help, ask for his help. Nothing was coming out. And then I kind of snapped out of it and, you know, just was really scary. (laughs) And that's usually what happens, at least for me. And from my understanding, sleep paralysis happens when there's a glitch where your body is in stage four sleep, but your mind is in stage three sleep. So if everything is going accordingly, our bodies and our minds should be going to these different sleep stages at the same time. They should be moving in conjunction with one another, right? And they should be, you know, flipping naturally into these different stages together. Sometimes you can like your body and your mind will be in two different sleep stages or like, for example, sleep paralysis, your body is still paralyzed and in that really, really deep sleep. But then your mind becomes a little bit more active, um, like in stage three sleep. And that's where you can get some of these glitches. For some people, they will maybe not dip into deep sleep or not stay in deep sleep for long enough. So they're just in like the light sleep for most of the night. And that can leave you um, with some serious health repercussions because you aren't getting the time that you need in those stages where you have to really do like the regeneration and the repair and restoration of your body and of your mind and your essential functions um, for life. On the flip side, sometimes people will um, spend too much time in that deep sleep and they can wake up actually feeling tired and run down because they didn't get any of that just rest that they needed with light sleep, which is why going back to at the top of the episode, people trying to like biohack their way into having to sleep less, it often doesn't work well for people because you're cutting out the actual rest that you need and you're just going right into like the repair, which is a lot of work for your body. And you need to make sure that you're also getting the rest that you need. Of course, we all know that it can be hard to get the amount of sleep that you need, um, the, you know, enough hours that we need at night. And everyone's sleep needs are a little bit different. But if we aren't having enough time to sleep, then we aren't going to be able to go through the right amount of sleep cycles that we need and our time will be cut short and we won't get the rest or the restoration that we need to be getting during sleep if we just don't have enough time for it. So for many people, 
if they are struggling with sleep, it's usually either, you know, there's some kind of a glitch or maybe body and mind. They aren't quite moving in the same um, speed or, you know, moving from stage to stage together. Other common ones are, you know, when you have a really hard time quieting the mind and actually like falling asleep. That I know is a huge struggle. That's something, especially like when my anxiety is acting up or I have a lot on my mind, that can happen to me. But what happens to me more commonly is when I'm leaving a sleep cycle. So I've started at the top of the stairs. I go all the way down to REM. I'm coming back up to the top of the steps. What should happen is I'll get to the top of the steps and then turn around again and start heading back down into another sleep cycle. And a lot of times when you get to the top of a sleep cycle, you'll wake up, but you don't remember it. Like you'll just wake up a little bit, like readjust, maybe roll over, go back to sleep. And what happens to me is when I have a lot on my mind, I will do a full sleep cycle. But when I get to the top, instead of turning around, going back down for another one, I'll wake up. My mind will be busy. I'll be thinking about, you know, whatever. I'll have anxiety. And then I have a hard time then getting myself back to sleep to start another sleep cycle. So it's a really, really, really common form of insomnia is either not being able to go into another sleep cycle or first thing at night, um, being able to put yourself to sleep and be able to kind of get past that like stage one into stage two sleep and start an actual like sleep cycle. So that's really what's going on in terms of like the science of sleep and what's happening. I've been thinking a lot about sleep and the benefits of sleep and rest. So during sleep, that's where the brain has a natural way of resetting and cleansing itself And some other things that happen while you're sleeping is your brain will categorize and digest memories and transfer memories from short-term to long-term storage. Your brain will kind of prune old neurons that it no longer needs or that have died. So it has kind of this like cleansing mechanism. Your body will send one-fifth of your blood flow to your brain, which I think is so interesting because it's like, okay, we're increasing this activity. We're going to paralyze the body. We're sending all the circulation to the brain so that it can really work and do this like neurological activity. Your stress decreases here. Your blood pressure drops. That's why if you ever like get startled awake and your heart will start pounding like you stand up too quickly, you're kind of like, whoa, it might be because your blood pressure is pretty low when you're sleeping. Your hormones are produced and regulated. This is where in kind of this resting, that's where your heart does a lot of the work and the replenishment regeneration. So really good for your heart health. And also this is where you're going to um, work on not only uh, transitioning memories from short term to long term, but this is where you really like retain new information. Your immune system works very hard during sleep, but it also gets boosted and replenished. And our bodies were really only designed to be under stress for like 60 to 90 seconds at a time, right? Like there's an external stimulus and then we react to it with fight or flight or freeze. And then once the stressor or the um, the threat is gone, then we start moving back to baseline. I know I've talked about this before. But if we are, you know, constantly under stress or we constantly aren't taking care of ourselves and we aren't getting the sleep that we need, it does really start to run us down. I know everyone listening to this knows what it feels like to chronically be just lacking sleep. And I... um, Sleep has been on my mind a lot for a few, mostly sleep has been on my mind because baby pork chop, love him dearly. He is not a very good sleeper. And when I say, and that's sugarcoating it, um, you know, I, 
never go too far into details about my little guy, but let's just say he is, he really struggles with his sleep. And there's a, a bunch of different factors. Um, and it's funny, the main, the main reason I don't ever really go into, this is a bit of a tangent, but the main reason I don't really go into a lot of details about like parenting stuff is that I just, I feel like we're very quick to like judge parenting or to try to offer help in a way that isn't always like helpful, right? Something that I've learned over this past year is probably its own podcast episode of just like things I've learned after being a parent for a year. But every kid and every parent is so different. And so I really try to make the conscious effort to like just support our parents and support our children and to like empower our parents and just make the decisions that feel like right and best for them and their family. And, you know, even in like my small circle um, of people, you know, with baby pork chop and knowing, you know, his sleep and everyone means well, um, you know, but giving lots of, you know, everyone has an opinion about everything. That's just the world that we live in. And something that I've been trying to be conscious about and make a conscious effort to do is to just empower parents to, you know, just think about what's best for them and their family instead of just trying to say like, well, this worked for me or this didn't work for me and my kid because they're all so unique and different. But I will say something that baby pork chop struggles with by and large is sleep. So by essence, then this last year has been a really, really hard one. Um, just not sleeping for a year and um, just, you know, living in segmented sleep. You all know that I, you know, do quite a bit of solo parenting just for the nature of my husband's job, especially during the pandemic as he works on the front lines. And so, you know, I I have spent many, many nights um, in segmented or fragmented sleep. And it's something that's really started to catch up to me. And it's something that has really just, I would say, in the last like month or so, I've unfortunately had like a string of kind of illness. I did get COVID, which was not great at all. I had a cold. Now I have some other stuff going on. And I firmly, firmly believe that this has to do to the fact that I have been so sleep and rest deprived for so long. So the reason I share all of that with you is because I know that you know what this feels like, even if it's just to a small degree. And it is so important that we are getting sleep and that we are prioritizing sleep. And I think a lot of this, to me, boils down to this thing you've heard me talk about before of being a do more, have more, achieve more, 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 more society that we're always putting sleep on the back burner. And it's really causing some strong and important but bad repercussions to our body and our mind and our well-being and our mental health. I think that's when now that I've really lived like a full and I mean I've definitely experienced sleep deprivation and you know when I was doing a lot of traveling and things like that, um there'd certainly be like chunks or even like a month at a time where I felt really run down. But you know, this is like a next level because it's been, you know, over a year. But I really just have been reflecting on how important sleep is and how little sleep we as a society are getting. And there's so many different factors to that. And we just don't really prioritize our sleep in the way that we should. And so that's why I really like to dive into like what's actually happening when we're sleeping, the significance of it. And I just have been feeling it so much for myself of how I guess just like run down and, you know, busted (laughs) you can feel after not sleeping. And I think the biggest, biggest takeaway for me 
is how much harder it has been to stay on top of my mental health and taking care of myself when I'm so sleep deprived constantly. And that's one thing that I don't, there's no like sleep stage where it's like, well, this is the sleep stage where you really work on like your mental health or your mood is boosted. There's, you know, it's, we don't have like an identifier for that, but we do know that people that are sleeping less are more likely to struggle from things like anxiety and depression. And then sometimes it's a self-feeding cycle because then you have anxiety or you're depressed. Maybe you're sleeping too much or not enough, right? And then you have these sleep symptoms from your depression or you have this insomnia from your anxiety and then you're not sleeping and then it's giving you more depression or more anxiety or exacerbating whatever it is that you're experiencing. And I I think that's something that we don't highlight enough, that sleep is essential to our mental health as well. And that's why I wanted to dive into at least some of my personal uh, favorite sleeping tips and ways that hopefully we can start getting some more sleep because if I could like wave my magic wand and give all of you a gift it would just be like the gift of like a wonderful night of sleep because it's so important for body for mind for soul for mental health for you know actual physical health so yeah so let's dive into some tips for better sleep this episode is sponsored by better help You've heard me talk about BetterHelp before, and I'm talking about them again, because you deserve to be happy. And BetterHelp is helping you find your happiness by making professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get help anytime and anywhere. In fact, BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide, and they have a broad range of expertise in their 20,000-plus therapist network, which may not be locally available in many areas. And maybe you're like me and you want to find someone who specializes in postpartum life and transitions. I was recently talking to my therapist, Jackie, and she has been so wonderful at helping me navigate all of the new ups and downs that come with being a mother and just having a life change, like having a baby. And now BetterHelp is offering 10% off their first month for Mindful Minutes listeners. Just visit betterhelp.com slash minutes. That's better H E lp.com slash minutes to save 10% off your first month. And now on with the episode. Okay, so sleep tips. And a lot of these are coming from my own personal experience of having a uh, sleep deprived year, the year of sleep deprivation. Not quite sure what I'm going to call this last year, maybe just the year of, of no sleep. But honestly, I've learned a lot, not just about how important sleep is for your ability to function, take care of yourself, your mental health, but also some tips and things that I've started doing differently to improve my quality of sleep and to try to be getting as much sleep as I possibly can. So I'm going to start with the low hanging fruit, which is meditation does help to improve your sleep and this is something that I have really started to utilize which is different meditation techniques to start putting myself to sleep you'll see the episode that comes out on Sunday it will be another sleep meditation of course there's lots of sleep meditations on this feed and also that um, meditation for sleep album which I can link in the show notes Um, I'm hoping to do like another one another like sleep meditation bundle but yeah, so hopefully soon I'm, I'm hoping to do that. But 
meditation does not only help you fall asleep, but it's been shown that people who meditate tend to have better quality sleep than those who do not. So if we're still kind of working on getting that regular meditation practice, it may be worth doing it because you will start sleeping better at night. Something that I used to do and have now started going back to is trying to be off of my phone before bed and I I used to be really good at this I would read before bed like read an actual like physical book and I loved it and it's something that's kind of like fallen to the wayside I just kind of I don't know got lazy and just be scrolling on social media or whatever not really doing anything that that served me and for me doing like no screens even you know 20 30 minutes before bed has been just so essential for me to be able to fall asleep faster and it and for me, it feels like I'm improving my sleep overall. We do know that the effects of blue light, of course, that comes from our, you know, from screens, does decrease our quality of sleep and our ability to fall asleep. So making a small shift, whether it is, you know, instead of watching TV to fall asleep, trying to meditate to sleep or reading a book until you get drowsy can be something that really um, can improve your quality of sleep. Also thinking about your sleep environment. So this is something as I've been, you know, taking this journey to improve pork chop sleep. They talk a lot about creating a space that is conducive to sleep. So making sure that the space is dark, that it's cool. Basically everything I've read, you want your sleep space to be like a cave as if you're like a bear hibernating for winter. So you want it to be cool. You want to, you know, have cozy blankets and things like that, um, dark and quiet unless too quiet you know doesn't quite sit well with you you could do like some white noise Um, but really setting yourself up for a environment that is conducive to sleep and that might be a little bit different for everyone but try to set yourself up for success in terms of your sleep environment um of course, watching like the caffeine intake. Again, this is another one. It's for me that can be a slippery slope where it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm really tired. So I'm going to drink more caffeine during the day, which is then going to kind of wire me. And I've really been trying to focus on um, not drinking too much caffeine, keeping it within moderation. This is something that really changed. Like while I was pregnant, I obviously really decreased my caffeine. And I have to be honest, I was like, I never realized how addicted to caffeine I was until I became pregnant and I was still drinking a little bit a very small amount but to decrease from the amount that I was drinking to then like basically none I was sick and definitely went through withdrawals for quite a while and it really opened my eyes at just how dependent I was on it during the day instead of really focusing my attention and my efforts at just improving my sleep so that I could get the regeneration and the healing that I needed during sleep and then hopefully not have to rely too much on caffeine during the day. But I do still have about two cups of coffee or two cups of caffeine every day and I try to be done with caffeine by like one o'clock. I think a lot of places will say like, you know, be done with caffeine by like noon and, you know, figure out what's right for you and for your body. Consistency. This is something that, again, you know, as I've been taking this deep dive into baby sleep, it has taught me so much about just good general overall sleep hygiene, but being consistent. So trying your best to have 
a consistent bedtime when you can and a consistent wake time when you can. We, I have learned from being a parent, like we as humans thrive on consistency and routine. So this goes with setting up a simple like evening routine that signals to your body and to your mind, okay, it's time to start winding down and getting to sleep. So that can be taking a shower or washing your face, putting on your pajamas, maybe starting your essential oils, climbing into bed to read your book. Or, you know, it can be something really simple. Like with baby pork chop, we basically, you know, get him ready for bed, give him his bath, take him back into his nursery for like, you know, his little lotion and teeth brushing and then get him all cozied up. We read him a book, sing him a little song you know, whatever. He has his little routine and it sets him up for more sleep success because it signals to him that, okay, now it's time to start sleeping. We can be doing this for ourselves as well. I promise you if it's working for kids, if it works for little one-year-old baby pork chop, it can work for us as adults or even if you have, you know, older children. So having some kind of a bedtime routine or a ritual that signifies to you that it is now time to start sleeping. Um, Letting your uh, body be exposed to sunlight during the day, which especially if you live anywhere farther north, like I live in Minnesota, so it gets very dark very early. But I do still try when it's warm enough to get outside and try to take pork chop and mila like for a walk so that we can be exposed to sunlight and outside air during the day and then letting it be dark at night. So reducing the screen time at night and then trying to get out, get the sunlight during the day. This helps to naturally sync our circadian rhythm and it helps to, I believe it's called like the per cry cycle where we are basically having the wakefulness hormone being, um, you know, at its highest during the day. And then it slowly starts waning throughout the day where we then will start producing more melatonin where ultimately our sleep pressure will increase. And at the end of the day, our melatonin and other sleep hormones should be taking over and we will then tip from, you know, wakefulness to sleep, but we can kind of naturally circulate or, um, sorry, we can naturally, um, what is the word that I'm looking for? Not (laughs) circulate. sync that's it naturally sync this oh boy um naturally sync our sleep cycles by making sure that we are exposed to daylight during the day and that we are then in darkness at night so i think that those are kind of my biggest sleep tips um there's some things that like you guys know i love a good kind of like an audit right so I really, really like being introspective, but also just kind of paying attention to different patterns in my body. So there's certain things that for me I've noticed makes a difference in my sleep. So for whatever reason, if I ever, and I I don't drink very much these days, it just hasn't, I don't know, I just haven't really wanted to, so I don't. But in the past, I've noticed if I've had more than like one glass of wine, it gives me like anxiety at night and I kind of like wake up. Um, and I don't sleep as well. So that's something for me I've noticed if, you know, I have more than like one glass of wine that it just doesn't really help me with like any sleep at all. Um, if I'm not prioritizing like movement during the day, getting my body moving, um, I don't sleep as well at night. And there's just a few different things that I've just noticed like for myself that seems to impact my sleep. So I encourage you to try to think about like, where do you have um, like these triggers or these things that seem to correlate with either better or not as great of sleep and try to pay attention to those and tune into like what you need for your body so that you can be getting the best night's sleep possible. And if you can, 
let's try to prioritize a little bit more sleep. Like even I think just saying, you know, setting a regular bedtime or trying to get like 10 more minutes of sleep, right? If you're like, okay, well, I'm always up until like midnight, right? Just try to start by going to bed at like 11.45 and then, you know, maybe a few days after that, 11.30 and try to just sneak in like a little more sleep here and there. Make it your priority and remember that it is so essential for your overall health, your cognitive functioning, your mental health and all of that. And hopefully we all learned something today, a little science of what's happening when we're sleeping. And hopefully you can join me in trying to prioritize some sleep. So I will have a sister episode for you coming out on Sunday, a guided sleep meditation, and hopefully we can all just get some wonderful rest. So I hope that wherever you are, you're having a wonderful day and I appreciate you for listening to this and just having some fun with me this month and, you know, just doing a little science, a little anatomy and that's it. That's all I have for you. I hope that you have the best day and you start just sleeping wonderfully at night.